This is the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast. In this series, we'll talk to them, get to know them and learn from them. And here's your host, DJ Bebo. We are off to Adelaide today and we're catching up with Sophie Bazzetti. She's a uh, very well-known entertainer there, not only in live music, but she is a DJ. You can't miss her with those beautiful blonde locks and those oversized glasses. Let's welcome to the program... Sophie Bizzetti, hello. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be talking to you today, Lee. Yeah, yeah, we finally tracked you down and we got you on the podcast. We're making this happen. <laughs> and you said we can pretty much talk about what I want. So it might go on oh, for a little while. That's okay, though. Hopefully um, we don't bore our listeners. No, I'm sure we won't. We're pretty exciting people, aren't we? Oh, it's full on. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I've got the most amazing life. Bizzetti, I've got to ask, Italian background, Yeah. Yes, certainly. Yeah, my family are uh, from a little place called Trieste, which is up the north of Italy, about two hours from um, Venice. Your entertainment background, you've obviously got a, uh, a live music history, uh, singing and playing guitar. Where did that start? Yeah, so basically the story goes, and it is a long story, so I'll try and be as brief as I can, but I started um, doing music when I was about five years of age, and I was um, a classical pianist. Um, to quite a high level until the age of about 13. So I got up to um, grade 8 Amy B, classical, by the age of 13, and I worked super, super hard. Had very, um, I suppose, strict parents who would um, make me practice lots, you know how that goes. <laughs> and uh, when I when I became a teenager and went to high school, I decided, oh, I don't think I want to play uh, piano anymore. I want to perform. And um, so then I, that's when I started singing and, and playing guitar and eventually I went, oh, well, doing lots of pubs and things like that and weddings and, and, and whatnot with guitar and um, live performance, I suppose you'd call it. Um, and I went, oh, I think I want to start DJing now. So then I started DJing and, and that brings me to where I am today. Did you find there was a, a need, DJ being, you know, the the live music aspect during the early part of reception, then people just want to party and boogie, so they want to have the beats later on. Is that the the demand that you saw in the market? Yeah, a very niche market when I decided to go into DJing um, in that there wasn't many live performers who were trained in both fields. Um, And I I still don't believe that there are many um, performers who are trained in both fields, both live and um, acoustic. So I think that, yeah, that, that there was a need to be filled, and particularly, I suppose, as I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, being a female in this industry as well is also a, a bit of a niche in itself. And I suppose I, I kind of wanted to represent um, women not only in the um, live acoustic scene, uh, but also, yeah, as a DJ and, um, yeah, lead, lead the way for those girlies wanting to do that. Being a singer as well, do you find yourself sometimes actually singing over the songs that you're playing as a DJ or do you keep them quite separate? <laughs> um, you know what? Sometimes I do. Um, it's it's always difficult to do that unless you are sort of doing like a showcase. Um, so I actually headlined for a, a little future music offshoot festival called Sidechain at the Lowe's Lounge, which is a um, sort of like a bar in Adelaide, a cocktail bar in Adelaide. Very, very cool vibe. Love it there. Um, and I was the headline act there in 2000, and I want to say 2017 now. Um, and 
basically, yeah, that was a live showcase of, um, yeah, my original solo uh, singing over the top of a, a DJ mix that I'd put together to sort of, um, yeah, adapt itself to lots of live looping and that kind of thing. But, you know, when you're performing live it, um, <laughs> and you've got looping and, and that kind of thing happening, there's a lot of technical aspects that you've got to be aware of. You know, for example, not having spill come into your microphone, making sure that your speakers are angled in a certain way so you're not, not having to do with things like feedback and, um, you know, also trying to mix at the same time becomes incredibly difficult. So, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not something I do so much anymore um, in a live setting, but um, in the studio setting, it's a lot more accessible. Where did you learn to DJ? Who taught you? So, I actually learnt to DJ at the Adelaide Audio Institute, um, which is, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Adelaide at all. Are you familiar with Adelaide? Never been there, but I have to now because I'm talking to you. Um, well, big blue building, basically. Um, and my DJ teacher, his name is um, Simon Batch, or my mentor, I should say, Simon Batch, um, DJ Simon Batch, DJs as DJ Batch, believe it or not, fantastic name. Um, and he was a drum and bass DJ, or is a drum and, drum and bass DJ. Um, so that's my background uh, there. And, yeah, I learned to do that. And, and then from there, I suppose, kind of branched out and ended up making friends in that scene and um, in the techno scene as well. And, and then before you know it, it's, um, yeah, you're learning from your mates just as much as you're learning from your mentors and become become uh, friends with your mentors. And it's just a really nice community to be involved in. So uh, that's basically where I learned to DJ. Um, and I think it's always important to, like, you know, continue to hone your craft no matter what it is. So, you know, my friends and I will have mix-ups and, and um, that kind of thing. We'll learn things from each other and have a play around with, our, with new equipment or new, um, you know, functions on controllers or if someone gets a new controller, it's always a bit exciting. <laughs> we always have a bit of a play on that. What do you think makes a good DJ? Okay. In wedding, uh, this will probably get me a bit fired up because I'm a bit opinionated when it comes to DJs at wedding. Um, so <laughs> you'll have to bear with me. Um, so, uh, for a wedding DJ, look, there's a few things that, that you've got to achieve, I suppose. You know, you've obviously got to do your best to keep the dance floor full. So, having music that people know and love is really important. Um, but just playing music through speakers, even if you've got a controller, isn't DJing. I don't, I don't see that as DJing. DJing is when you're mixing in and out, you're beat matching, um, and then you're cutting things in and out. Well, that's my interpretation of, of DJing anyway. And I see a lot of suppliers um, or have crossed over with a lot of suppliers where I've been providing acoustic and not the DJing side of it. And some people tend to fade mix or like what they call fade mix. And I presume that everyone on the podcast is going to know what fade mix is. Um, Basically, I think if you're going to be charging a premium price for that kind of service, because there is a lot of pressure that comes along with DJing at a wedding, if you are going to be charging that kind of price, I think that the client should be getting a premium service as well. So that would mean beat matching, you know, selecting songs, doing nice little um, wine packs and, and that kind of thing to, to make your set more interesting. You know, some looping is always a good idea. <laughs> You know, but yeah, the difference between a DJ and a selector, I suppose, um, super important to know at a wedding, you know, when to 
when to be mixing and when not to be mixing, you know, like how to structure your set, structuring it in BPM, always a good idea unless you're good at genre jumping and going backwards and forwards. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a crazy, the, the wedding industry, super crazy. Um, and people don't really know what they're looking for. And, and that's something that, you know, is concerning to me. I always try and educate my clients. If someone comes to me and says, oh, we want a DJ, um, we were going to have a Spotify playlist, but now we think that we want a DJ, I will sit there and make sure that they understand the difference between Spotify and, for example, something like I do, um, because it's important to me that they that they're aware of what they're purchasing. What is it that you love about the job? Oh, everything. Well, maybe not everything. That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> um, what do I love about the job? Every single gig, I come home and I'm so hyped up. It is so much fun. I have an absolute ball. Um, you know, you just like seeing people's beautiful faces when they're just smiling and they're just having the best time ever. Um, like it's just absolutely priceless. Like you can't, you can't beat that feeling. Or like when you've done a super, super fantastic mix and you you know it, or it's something that you've been working on. And even if, for example, it's at a wedding and people don't necessarily follow everything that you're doing, you know, if it goes unnoticed, that's almost that's almost better because then you know it was seamless enough that no one kind of stopped and stopped and oh, what happened there? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm always amped at. Um, you know, obviously, if, if if you can do a good job in your in your mixing and dance floors for bride and groom are happy, if this is obviously weddings, still we're talking about weddings. Um, yeah, I I just guess it's just a good feeling to be able to provide that level of entertainment for for a couple and um, you know be a part of their special day because they're always going to remember it. You know, without entertainment, you can't really have a have a proper celebration. Um, you know, you need to you need to be having um, you know someone to to help you get that party started. I hear that you um, have played for Hollywood royalty Chris Hemsworth in early two thousand and eighteen. <laughs> Did you have to sign a non disclosure agreement, or you were no, fine with it all? No, um, I didn't actually know. I, I was told by the company who booked me. I said, you know, they say um, like when it's a high profile client, like they won't tell you who it is. Um, until you're there kind of thing. So I had no idea who it was. And I, when I realised that it was um, Chris Hemsworth, I was, oh, I was a mess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was uh, I was absolutely beside myself. Oh, my God, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, so dreamy. I was fantastic. Loved it. But he seemed super down to earth and his wife was there as well. Um, and he was actually in town for the, uh, I reckon it was the, I want to say the Super Bowl commercial. Do you remember when the Super Bowl commercial got put out and he was, he featured in that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was what that was all about. But it was just super nice. It was just really nice to be involved in that. And, um, you know, at that caliber of, of gig. And obviously it's nice to put something on your resume like that and represent Australian, that was Australian acoustic music was the brief for that one. So, um, yeah, no, it was super great. You know, just, just can't can't thank those people enough. And everyone, you know, people in Adelaide is what they like to give opportunities and it's, it's just lovely when there's an opportunity presented like that to you. So, yeah, super lucky. You've also been a guest on a few radio shows too. Um, Peter Goer's <laughs> evening show on ABC uh, Radio in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. 
um, Fresh yes. FM 92.7 and PBA FM. Um, yeah. How, how was that? Oh, they're all great, um, all unique experiences. I mean, the um, ABC radio's got quite a different demographic to, say, a, a, um, a station like Fresh, uh, which has a much younger age group, I suppose, of, of people uh, who, are, who, who tune in to listen. Um, the Fresh FM one was in relation to... Well, I've been on there a couple of times, but basically I'd put out a single... Um, and they played that on what's called The Jump, which is like a full rotation for new music produced by Adelaide artists. Um, so that happened for six weeks and got to do a little chat and bits and pieces. And then the PBA FM, same deal, um, had a talk about that original that uh, was nominated for a Sam Award. So that was sweet. I didn't win the Sam Award, Motes. Moshe's came through and um, stole that. Well, not stole it from me. He deserved it. He definitely deserved it. He did a great job that year. Um, and, uh, yeah, and the ABC radio. ABC radio, and, like, really great. Like, really good for the community. You know, everyone sort of gets in there and has a bit of a, has a thing or, you know, they have all kinds of different acts on there. You know, Peter Burst has, like, a, a segment um, where he's showcase, showcasing Adelaide-based acts. And, um, yeah, so it was on that show that I think I did a couple of originals. I think I've been on there three times, I reckon. I want to say three times. Um, but, yeah, it was it, it's just fantastic. You get to do a couple of covers, and that's always cool because I can show people what sort of my style is um, when it comes to doing, doing acoustic covers as well because, you know, you might surprise people if you say, oh, I'm going to do, like, a rock cover today. And they go, oh, a rock cover, that's, that's not going to suit you. And you go, hmm. Well, yeah, but I'm going to do it in my style, and um, then it's, it's nice to be able to show people what your style is, and obviously have that really high quality audio to to show people. Um, because I don't I don't personally have recording facilities where I'm based, um, so it's always nice to be involved. Yeah, I guess it's that. Who are your influences when it comes to artists, whether it be acoustic or a DJ? Who do you look to? Oh, you know, I I want to say. Um, yeah, that's a really tricky question to answer, but there's a few people who have influenced me over the course of um, my musical journey, I suppose, and I'm still on that journey as well. Um, and the first artist who I absolutely fell in love with, and you might know her, a very strong um, contemporary female jazz artist named Kimbra. Um, or she's, she's New Zealand, I should say. Um and she released an album, I think it would have been probably, well, oh, maybe 2010, I want to say, maybe a little bit earlier. And her album was called Vows. And that is just one of the most beautiful albums I had ever heard. And then that was sort of what took me down the sort of jazz vocal path. Um, and then from there, I suppose, because she got picked up by um, Triple J and more alternative um, more alternative radio stations and, and so on, and she sort of ended up in the, in the more mainstream um, sound a little bit more later on in her career. Uh, and then it was then that I started falling in love with, you know, the, the more indie, indie kind of music, you know, that was produced by people like Angus and Julia Stone, you know, your Vance Joys and, and that kind of thing. Um, never really been one to love really, really popular music. It's always kind of 
I don't know, it, it seems too predictable for my liking. I don't know if that's just because of my background in, in jazz. Um, but love Lana Del Rey as well. Her sound's just absolutely immaculate. She's absolutely beautiful. And, you know, in terms of uh, what I listen to now, I suppose it just varies so much. I actually love reggae. <laughs> I love reggae and I love dub. Um, and um, uh, a couple of my friends are dub um, DJs. Obviously, that goes hand in hand with the drum and bass. Um, and so my influences for, for um, uh, DJing, I suppose. Like, I, I love listening to Andy C. He's a great drum and bass DJ. Um, you know, DJ Bookham, fantastic as well. And then it's like, you know, because I started DJing later in my life, I, I take in, influence and inspiration from my friends as well, you know, watching what they do and going, oh, hey, that's an awesome way to, you know, mix this track in or take a track out or whatever you might be doing or layering them over each other. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the possibilities are, <laughs> are endless and I'm going to be continually learning, I, I suppose, as well. So, yeah. You seem to achieve so much, but how old are you? <laughs> Um, I'm 25. Yeah. Wow. Oh. You've had a pretty incredible career for such a young <laughs> young age. Is it because you're passionate about what you do? Do you think? Oh yeah, I love what I do. I absolutely love it. Um, uh, yeah, it's it must be. Look, I mean, I don't think you can do something and, and you know be. Uh, it's not sustainable if you don't love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, and, yeah, I, I suppose I am someone as well, like, who really, really uh, – I'll celebrate for a little while a, a successful event or whatever it might be. Um, and then I'm like, okay, now the next thing. Let's go. But then I get really excited about things. And I don't know if that's just something that comes from being a creative person. I've got a lot of friends who are like that as well. Um, where they just want to keep sort of moving on and keep developing and growing and learning. and You know, no one's ever really finished mastering DJing or being an acoustic act or playing guitar or singing. You're always learning. So you've got to, you've got to have that mentality, I guess. Do you find there's a, a niche for female DJs in the wedding industry? Do you find that some brides prefer having a female DJ, do you think? Yeah, look, um, certainly... Um, uh, definitely uh, uh, probably more of a demand since our same-sex marriage bill was passed and I'm a, a very um, encouraging advocate of same-sex marriage. Um, myself as a queer person as well. Um, so I, I really enjoy being involved in, in any events that I can kind of help out with or if, you know, hopefully though people are booking me because I'm good at my job, not just because I'm a female. And I've always made that really... Um, you know, a priority of mine is, is to be good at my job and to have people hire me because I'm good, not just because I'm a girl, um, not just because I'm an, you know, a, um, a, a love, you know, uh, an aesthetic addition to the event that, that I'm playing at, you know. So, um, and of course, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to do both. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely a demand for um, female DJs. There's not too many of us in Adelaide. Um, or too many good female DJs, I'd say. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the best. Uh, I certainly know a few very talented female DJs, um, and uh, we would work together or collaborate um, a couple of times every year. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's not too many people who have that have that training. 
um, or that background or, or, you know, like a club a club experience or a club background either. And I think the pressure of clubs um, and working in those, yeah, really high-pressure environments where you have your brief, you have to know how the technology works. You've got to keep on top of everything. You've got to be having your USBs, your SD cards, your, whatever you need to bring to, to make sure you've got all of those contingencies to make it work. So um, it's really important that, that I suppose females, uh, when you are in this scene and if, if you are doing, uh, if you are, you know, for example, DJing in a club, that you're obviously showing people that, yeah, you know what, girls, girls can do it too. And it's not even about, you know, that whole girl power thing. It's just equality. You know, like I've had situations where I've walked into pubs with my guitar and I've been performing for over 10 years now. Um, and, you know, I've had a, a roadie come in and help me set up. And, you know, the first thing that you notice is that venue managers go straight to the roadie if it's a male and say, oh, hey, mate, where are you setting up? And I was like, actually, no, I'm the one performing. And, um, yeah, that becomes difficult, I suppose, um, because there is still a lot of stereotypes and a lot of assumptions about, you know, males obviously being dominant in this industry and I'm very excited to try and change that, I suppose. Yeah, how's how's 2020 been for you with the whole COVID lockdown and, and now Adelaide going into lockdown for the next week or so? Oh, you know, it is a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. I mean, at, um, at the start of the year, you know, we, we didn't really know the magnitude of what was, what was going on and um, basically all of my gigs got cancelled and um, all of my weddings were postponed and I do about 70 weddings a year. So everything had been shuffled down to this end of the year. And, of course, now we have another wave of COVID coming coming through and I think there's been two new cases today, I've got to say. Perhaps, is there one more? I don't know. No, two. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're on lockdown now. So, obviously, weddings can't go ahead this week. Um, people are starting to reschedule, getting very upset and um, antsy about the whole situation and I guess like all we can hope for is that you know things like JobKeeper or like that support from the government continues um, for a little bit longer just so that you know musicians and um, other creative people and, and obviously um, non-essential workers can get back on their feet and get back into their industries um, as soon as possible. So yeah it's, it's definitely been a challenging year um, and it's, it's a fickle business and a, an unpredictable business at the best of times let alone during, you know, a pandemic like this. And so I, I really, really hope that things go back to normal really soon. Um, that, that will really bring me some comfort and, and um, some happiness to know that not only me, but there's going to be other people out there who, who are going to need that um, that stability as well back in their music. I noticed you did a few videos throughout the year, um, you know, voicing your opinions on COVID and how it's affecting people and, even setting yeah. up a, a nightly stream so pe- you could play to people because um, you, you needed that <laughs> interaction. Um, I did, yeah. Is uh, is that something, do you think you'll continue now that you're back back in lockdown? I absolutely have no idea yet. It kind of depends on how much work is, is um, postponed. Um, uh, you know, say if it's only going to be for six days and then we're back to work and gigging, um, I probably won't be doing that, but if this goes on for a long time, there's definitely a chance that I'll start doing my Friday night lives again and having a little mix up afterwards um, with some mates. And, and if that's permitted, obviously, by the government, we'll see. Um, so 
uh, yeah, having that interaction with, with people and, um, you know, uh, ex-clients, future clients, um, you know, make uh, online is just um, so supportive and really, really gives me a, a boost. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely open to that, but just haven't quite made up my mind about it yet. One thing I did notice when I was watching those uh, videos is that you do have quite a rapport with your um, past clients, uh, friends, yeah. family, and all those people that were tuning in. Is that something you, yeah. you aim for? Is that like a, a good marketing tool, do you find, that um, you know, have building that rapport with clients and building that relationship um, enhances yeah. uh, your chance of getting other gigs out of it, I guess you could say? Absolutely. But, I mean, I don't, I don't talk to clients like that or family like that just so that I can get more work, you know, I, I just think it would be not very nice to, you know, to talk to them in any other way. So, um, I mean, as a, as a person, I'm a very social, extroverted kind of girl and I just, um, I love talking to people. It makes me so happy and, and when people are engaging in what I'm doing um, or, you know, whether if I can see that it's helping them in some way, it just makes me super, super happy. And so it's not necessarily a marketing tool. It just... Um, it just really is fantastic to, to be really nice to people. No, no reason not to be kind in my books. What are your goals? What are your um, things on your bucket list you'd like to achieve? Oh, the next goal for me, uh, actually, I've got to say, I have just achieved a goal. I've got to tell you about that. Yeah. So a couple uh, last week, I just quit my day job, <gasps> which is a goal of mine. Yeah. Well yep. done. Yeah, thank you. So this is something to celebrate. I mean, look, I, I quit like three weeks ago and then gave them my two weeks and now we're in this week. Um, so, yeah, so so that's going to allow me to focus on music and um, I'm very fortunate that I've, I've just managed to purchase a house uh, at the start of the year and I'm, um, that, was, that was part of my professional goals, I suppose, on my bucket list so that I can have client meetings and so on at my home and set up my studio and, um, you know, develop this into a really nice creative space for, for art of whatever form I decide to, to do. You know, I love love painting, love drawing as well. Um, so that's always fun. But, you know, the biggest goal I think I've got, Lee, is um, I so badly want to own a wedding venue. That oh, is, wow, that'd be that's awesome. My, yeah, but I don't know where to start. So I'm getting some advice on that at the moment. And, um I just think that I, I don't really want to wait until I'm older to do that. Like I'd rather do that sort of in the next five to ten years because um, I think that's when I'm going to have the most energy and, you know, obviously have enough experience in the industry to to run that and still have the energy when I'm young and hopefully go and have a party with a few people. I was going to say, are you the only um, person on the list for the entertainment at this wedding venue? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll probably still be performing at other people's weddings, I'd say. I don't think I'd be able to afford a property like that without working as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's funny, though. I um, I would definitely have my preferred suppliers. But, you know, being a supplier, I think you'd, you'd know how to set up your venue um, so that other suppliers were, were comfortable. I mean, you know, su- you know supplier comfort in, in that sort of professional um, setting is, is super, super important because at the end of the day, the suppliers are the ones who go and talk to other suppliers and back to you. So, you know, it needs to be comfortable for them and be lovely for your clients and just be a beautiful place. So 
So fingers crossed because that's a big one. That is a big one. And I don't know if there's room on my bucket list for anything else right now. <laughs> I think that's pretty big. And um, you know what? <laughs> it, it could be achievable once these uh, lockdowns settle down and um, you know life gets back to normal, whenever that is. But five yeah, to ten years yeah. is a good timeline, I reckon. Five to ten years. That's exactly right. So we'll see how we go. It's going to be going to have to have a, a bit of patience for that. So. <laughs> We'll see what we can achieve. <laughs> Sophie, how do we uh, find out more about you on the World Wide Web? Where can we find you on the socials and websites and all that on sort of thing? On the interweb. Yeah. So you can um, you can head to my website if you're looking at corporate stuff and bios and achievements and all of that kind of stuff, um, which is sophiebazzetti.com. And Sophie is spelt with an F and lots of people, lots of people don't know that. Um <laughs> So I end up like people's emails always bounce back to them because they don't spell my name the right way. Um, anyways, so yeah, my website, sophiebizetti.com. You can follow me on Instagram, um, at sophiebizetti entertainment, uh, or on Facebook at sophiebizetti entertainment as well. Um, and then obviously I've got my creative project as well, uh, lament, L-E-M-E-N-D-T, um, on Facebook and a website for that as well. And, uh, you're, iTunes and you Spotify, you can jump on there and have a listen as well. I've thought about SoundCloud, but then we're going to get we're going to do Mixcloud once we've got some time because that'll be fun. It's all going on with yep. Sophie Bazzetti. Thank you so much for joining us Ooh. on the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. Love chatting to you. The Australian Mobile DJ Podcast was hosted by DJ Bevo and produced by Matt Fulton Productions.